Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here today in Calgary to provide our weekly update on COVID-19 in Alberta. We delayed the update yesterday as Dr. Hinshaw was in court, and I'm glad she's able to join me today in Edmonton. Data was posted yesterday as usual, and I'd like to speak a bit about the trends that we are seeing. Since last Wednesday, there has been a slight increase in our leading indicate, indicators, the positivity rate on PCR tests and virus levels in wastewater. The wastewater from data from Tuesday, March 29th and Monday, April 4th shows there is more virus circulating in a number of areas. It's not a spike that we saw in late December and early January. And in some centres, we're seeing the data fluctuate around a level that's in between the extremes of the past few months. So it's a concern and we're monitoring it closely. But it remains to be seen how much more increase we'll see and in particular, how that will translate into serious illness and hospital admissions. Dr. Hinshaw will provide detailed numbers in a moment, but over the same period, the average positivity rates of PCR tests has been about 26.3%. That is a slight increase from 24.5% that we reported last week. We've also seen the numbers in hospitals hold fairly steady with a slight increase to 990 compared to 964 last week. However, patients in ICU have also de decreased slightly. We can expect some increase in admissions over the next few weeks, but we're well positioned to manage it. First, we have strong protection from our high level of vaccination and from exposure to the initial Omicron wave about three months ago. And second, our health system is heading into April with total numbers of admitted patients that are within normal levels for this time of year. The people who work in our hospitals are under strain from two years of COVID, no question, and I thank you again for their continued efforts. But the numbers of patients overall are within our normal bed base. Overall, hospital occupancy is currently around 90%, depending on the day. That's similar to the same time of year in the five years before COVID. A few of the big sites in Edmonton and Calgary are over capacity, but that is also in line with our experience prior to COVID. The other sites in the two big cities are within their normal bed base and at similar occupancy levels to the five years before COVID or lower. The five regional centers are also in line with pre-COVID levels or lower. In Red Deer, for example, total inpatient occupancy has ranged from 85% to 95% over the past week. The average is about 90%, which is a bit lower than the same time of year in all five years before the pandemic, 2015 through to 2019. The system is delivering near normal volumes of surgery compared to recent years, and the total surgical wait list continues to decline slowly. Most recently, the, the list was around 74,000. Now, for context, it was close to 77,000 at the beginning of March of this year and about 68,000 in February 2020, just before the pandemic started. And this is still, however, far too high. Now, we can expect some increase in virus circulation as we get back to more normal life, and we can expect some increase in admissions, and our healthcare system has the capacity to manage that. But I also want to emphasize we're continuing to work to protect Albertans and minimize any further strain on our health care system. We're maintaining protective measures in continuing and acute care, and we're continuing to promote vaccination 
invest in treatments like Paxlovid, and encourage individuals to make decisions that best suit their unique situation and risk tolerance. Yesterday, in line with the National Advisory Committee's recommendations, we expanded eligibility for fourth doses to all residents in seniors' congregate care facilities. And anyone aged 70 and older, no matter where, where they live, as well as First Nations, Metis, and Inuit people aged 65 and older. The expansion means that more than 400,000 Albertans will soon be able to get an additional dose to increase their protection from COVID. Throughout the pandemic, older people and those with serious immunocompromising conditions have been at a greater risk for severe outcomes from a COVID-19 infection. That's why we've prioritized their access to vaccines from day one and why we're making fourth doses available now. Starting next Tuesday, April 12th, appointments for fourth doses can be booked through the Alberta Vaccine Booking System online by calling 811 or contacting your local pharmacy directly. As with previous doses, a minimum of five months must have passed since your third shot. We're also making fourth doses available to Albertans who require them for travel purposes. To be clear, Fourth doses are not clinically recommended for the general population at this time. So we remind people to please follow the criteria that are in place as they've done throughout the pandemic. We continue to monitor the evidence and make adjustments to eligibility based on the data and based on expert advice. That being said, I continue to encourage Albertans to get every dose that they are eligible for. I know there are some Albertans who've been waiting for more non-mRNA options. So I'm pleased to announce that Alberta is set to receive 10,000 doses of Novavax, Nuvavaxovid. Starting April 12th, interested Albertans who are 18 and older can call 811 to book an appointment for Novavax. The best protection against COVID-19 continues to be vaccination, but we're fortunate that we also have antiviral treatments as another tool. Paxlovid has proven effective in preventing serious infections in high-risk patients with mild to moderate symptoms, including those infected with Omicron, both BA1 and BA2 subvariants. We've also expanded eligibility for Paxlovid to include First Nations, Metis and Inuit people 45 and older who are unvaccinated or who have received one dose of vaccine, and all individuals living in continuing care, regardless of their vaccine, st vaccine status. And of course, people with immunocompromising conditions continue to be eligible as we previously announced. More information on eligibility and how to access treatment is available online. I also want to remind Albertans that we continue to have measures in place to limit transmission and protect the most vulnerable. Those include mandatory isolation, for those who have COVID-19 symptoms or who have tested positive. If you're sick, you must stay at home. Masks remain mandatory in acute and continuing care settings and on public transit, and this will continue until further notice. And we continue to make rapid tests conveniently available across our province. I want to thank the millions of Albertans who continue to do their part by getting vaccinated with every dose they're eligible for and staying home when they're sick. We're transitioning to living with COVID and getting life back to normal, like other provinces and other countries. And with your support, we'll continue to do so and deal with the challenges as they arise. 
Now, before I hand off to Dr. Hinshaw, I want to point out that this is Green Shirt Day. On April 7th, we wear green to honour the memory of Logan Boulay, who died in 2017 as a result of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash the day before, uh, on uh, April 6th. Logan was one of 16 people who lost their lives in that tragedy. His parents, Bernadine and Toby Boulay, turned their loss and grief into a gift of life to six other people. So we honour that gift and the memory of Logan, and we ask everyone to consider becoming an organ or tissue donor. Thank you, and I'll now invite Dr. Hinshaw to the podium. Thank you, Minister, and good afternoon, everyone. I'm pleased to be back to provide an update on COVID-19. As the Minister mentioned, the numbers we were sharing were updated online and are from the reporting period Tuesday, March 29th to Monday, April 4th. In those seven days, our PCR test positivity rate ranged from 24% to 32%. As the Minister mentioned, this leading indicator is trending moderately upwards, as is the wastewater data. There are currently 990 people with COVID-19 in hospital, including 44 in the ICU. Sadly, between March 29th and April 4th, an average of just over four deaths per day were reported to Alberta Health. These were due to COVID-19, and my condolences go to the loved ones of these Albertans and to anyone who has lost a loved one recently from any cause. These deaths and our leading indicators remind us that COVID-19 is still very much with us. Transitioning to an endemic state does not mean the virus has disappeared, but rather that we have tools to protect ourselves, allowing to us to adjust to living with it. Part of living with this virus is continuing to adapt to emerging evidence. Research is revealing more about COVID-19 every day. As the Minister has announced, in alignment with the recommendations from the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, Alberta will soon offer second booster doses to those 70 and older, to First Nations, Métis and Inuit people, 65 and older, and to residents of long-term care and other congregate senior settings. Immunity in older seniors begins to wane after five to six months. This makes sense because as we age, our immune systems can slow to respond to challenges and leave us less able to maintain long-term immunity. Residents of seniors' congregate care sites are also at increased risk given their living arrangements. This group was also among the first to receive their third doses or first boosters of vaccine roughly six to seven months ago. This puts them squarely in the time frame where the data indicates they are well served by an additional dose. I know that there are many Albertans who have asked why we don't simply offer fourth doses to everyone who wants one. As with any medical intervention, whether it's the COVID-19 vaccine, a flu shot or an antibiotic, dosages and intervals are set to ensure optimal benefit. We continue to monitor the real world evidence of COVID-19 and will continue to adjust additional vaccine dose eligibility in alignment with the data. This will ensure Albertans get the best protection from severe outcomes for the longest period of time. As the Minister mentioned, today we have also expanded the eligibility for Paxlovid to include more Albertans. While it is a useful tool in preventing severe outcomes, Paxlovid may have interactions with common drugs and does have its own risks that need to be considered which is why Albertans who are eligible 
must contact HealthLink for further assessment to weigh the pros and cons for treatment before making the best decision for their individual context. I believe it is important to stress again that there is no available treatment for COVID-19 that is an adequate replacement for vaccination. While it's good news that we are able to offer Paxlovid to more people, I encourage those with significant risk factors to not rely only upon it. Vaccination remains our best defense against the virus. As the minister has announced, there is an additional vaccine option now available in Alberta. Novavax is a two-dose protein subunit vaccine using the same technology as many other widely used vaccines such as that against hepatitis B. This vaccine does not use the mRNA technology Pfizer or Moderna utilizes and is different from viral vector vaccines such as AstraZeneca and Janssen. Novavax provides good protection against severe outcomes and is one more tool available to us for those who have a contraindication to mRNA vaccines or who prefer another option. I would also like to report, as you heard from the Minister, that children aged 6 to 11 now have another vaccine choice as well. While the use of Pfizer pediatric vaccine is preferred to Moderna to start or complete a child's immunization, for those interested in another option, the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine is now available in alignment with the recommendations of the National Advisory Committee on Immunization. Parents who wish to choose the Moderna vaccine for their child can book appointments beginning next Tuesday by calling 811. If you have questions about what is suitable for your child, please speak to your family physician or pediatrician. Whether someone is 6 or 96, it is never too late to be vaccinated against COVID-19. So if you or someone you care about has been waiting for another vaccine option, I encourage you to speak to a health professional about these new options. Given the transmissibility of BA2 and the upward trend in our leading indicators, we can expect to see a further increase in COVID-19 cases in the coming days and weeks. I encourage every Albertan to keep this in mind as we go about our routines and activities in the days ahead. I encourage you to pick up free rapid tests at your local pharmacy and keep them on hand if you or someone in your household develops symptoms. For those who want to apply an extra level of caution, using rapid tests as screening tests three times per week can detect early infection and prevent onward spread. Ensure you and your loved ones, particularly those who have any risk factors for severe outcomes, have received every vaccine dose you're eligible for to help boost your protection as transmission and exposure risk rises. Also, we all need to stay home if we have any symptoms or have tested positive. We need to make decisions that best fit our risk factors, risk tolerance and comfort level. Mask use in crowded public spaces is a very prudent measure for all of us to take right now. For those with higher risk of severe outcomes, it may be wise at this time to opt for outdoor social visits or to consider what extra layers of protection are needed when going out in public. These small actions can have a big impact on community transmission and our individual risks. Living with COVID means finding the right balance as we navigate this transition together. Thank you, and we're happy to take questions. Thanks, Dr. Hinshaw and Minister. I, I think we only have a, one or two reporters on the line, and no one here in Edmonton, at least. So we'll go straight to the phone, please. First call. Thank you, Adam Toy, Global News. 
Uh, yeah, um, a question for the health minister, although I would be curious to uh, hear Dr. Hinshaw's thoughts on this. Um, but, uh, Minister Copping, uh, nearly two weeks ago you said you'd wait and see what happens with the wastewater levels, make adjustments needed. Uh, you said that those wastewater levels are up. Test positivity, is up. hospitalizations have stopped trending downwards. Um, are you considering making any, adjust any adjustments to public health measures, um, or, is, or, or are we still in a wait-and-see mode? Yeah, well, thanks for the question. We're not considering making any changes at this time. Uh, we do not uh, expect to see the numbers increase in, in, in hospitalizations that will, will put a severe uh, stress on the system. You know, we are watching closely what's happened in other jurisdictions. Uh, for example, if you look at the uh, at the UK, uh, the numbers um, it appears that they've that, you know their their wastewater data or, or, or sorry the number of cases are coming down. Uh, they plateaued in terms of hospitalizations as well, and it wasn't a, and it wasn't above what happened in, in the previous uh, previous wave. So we're watching closely, but right at this point in time, uh, we don't see or anticipate numbers that will uh, or impact on hos on, on hospitalizations. That will require us to put uh, measures in place. Thanks for that. Adam, do you have a follow-up? Um, sure, yeah. Uh, uh, again, another question for uh, the minister. Um, wondering what your response is to people uh, looking at the close timing of the dismissal of Dr. Yu, the Premier's leadership review, and connecting the two. Yeah, so... so you know, this was a decision that was made between the board and, and Dr. Yu for, for Dr. Yu to depart. Uh, and this was really all about the, uh, the next five years, not, not the past six years, right? I, I thank Dr. Yu for uh, her tremendous service. She brought stability to our system and guided our system through, uh, through two very challenging years in terms of managing COVID. Um, but we have a big job ahead of us in terms of transformation uh, of our system. The, uh, and, and having a leader to be able to not only move that transformation forward this year, but be able to continue, continue that because it is, is going to be uh, a multi-year uh, program to be able to get, uh, get surgeries within the, uh, the appropriate wait times. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we're sitting at 74,000 right now. We need to get caught up. Um, but even if we get to 68,000, which was pre-COVID, uh, that's still far too high. Uh, so this is going to be a multi-year project to get it down. Uh, we committed as a government in, uh, you know, in our platform to be able to bring these, those wait times down. That remains our commitment to be within the recommended, uh, in, within the recommended times. We were delayed with COVID, so, but we are going to drive forward with this. Uh, and having leadership uh, in place to be able to not only run through it for this year, uh, but for years to come is critically important. And, and that's really what this is all about. Thanks, Minister. I think there's just one more uh, reporter on the line, so we'll go to the last caller, please. Quinn Oler, Global News. Thank you for taking my question. This is for Dr. Hinshaw. Um, we are seeing some numbers come in, and we're hearing reports about significant, a significant number of COVID cases in long-term care. What's the situation in long-term care in Alberta, and is it something you're concerned about? The uh, data for some time had been trending downwards in terms of the number of outbreaks in acute care, the number of cases. Um, so certainly with the increase in transmission, the increase in positivity, uh, there are some of the cases that we're seeing that are occurring in long-term care. And part of the reason that we're expanding eligibility for an additional booster dose for those who live in that setting 
is that uh, that particular group of people is at the highest risk for severe outcomes. Um, so that is the reason that we have left additional mandatory precautions in place in those settings. It's the reason we're expanding Paxlovid treatment access to individuals in those settings who have uh, early COVID-19, so early treatment to minimize the chance of onward progression. progression. Um, and the reason that we're expanding the additional booster dose eligibility, also that we can ensure that there are as many layers of protection as possible, supporting the individuals who live in those settings. Thanks for that, Dr. Hinshaw. Uh, Quinn, Quinn, do you have a follow-up? Of course. <laughs> are you able to proper, properly monitor the situation in long-term care with the changes to testing and monitoring? And would you call this a significant increase in cases? We have never changed the test eligibility for individuals who live in long-term care who have any symptoms. Uh, so it is still um, the policy eligibility still includes all individuals who live in continuing care, uh, those who work in continuing care are also eligible for PCR testing. So we are able to monitor the spread of COVID-19 in those settings in the same way that we always have been. It's uh, again important to recognize that this setting has always been at significant risk. Um, and the increase that we're seeing is consistent. We know that as community transmission increases, that's one of the risk factors for introductions into these settings which again is why it's so important to add these additional layers of protection that we've been talking about today. And also important to remind all Albertans if people are planning on visiting a loved one who lives in one of those settings, that the required precautions that are still in place remain critically important because uh, these individuals, our family and friends who live in these settings, still need those additional layers of precaution as well as the vaccines and treatments that we're talking about today. Thanks, Dr. Hinshaw. I think we have one more caller, uh, Terry, and I'm sorry, I'm, I may be mixed up. You may be in the room in Calgary or on the phone, but either way, uh, Terry, if you're there, go ahead. Hi there, I am. I am on the phone in Calgary. Thanks for taking uh, my question. I have a follow-up as well. But I'm just wondering if you can expand further on what's being done to get people more booster doses. I know that they're, you're expanding eligibility, uh, but some of the medical community has expressed concern that there's just not enough uptake, even in the third dose which uh, doesn't do great for uh, the new variant. So uh, we are ensuring that we're offering vaccine uh, again in multiple locations at multiple times. There's drop-in opportunities that are available for people. For those who live in continuing care settings, we'll be using a similar approach to what we've previously used, which is offering those extra doses through outreach, as we know that individuals who live in those settings can have transportation issues. Uh, so the, the same approach that has been used previously, again, will be employed for those particular high-risk settings. Um, I agree with you that the opportunity of a third dose for those who have not yet accessed it is particularly important, especially for those who have any risk factors, as that additional protection um, will enhance the level of uh, protection that they have against severe outcomes. So. Again, working with partners, working um, to understand what some of the reasons are why Albertans may not have taken up the availability of vaccine and trying to understand what the, the ways are that we can best meet people where they're at in terms of what they need. Thanks, Dr. Hinshaw. And Terry, you said you had a follow-up? I do have a follow-up. Uh, 
This is for the health minister, um, a bit unrelated from COVID. Uh, minister, Alberta still requires women under the age of 50 to have a doctor's referral to get a mammogram. Several other provinces now allow self-referral after the age of 40. Why not do that here since it could catch some breast cancer cases earlier? Yeah, so I'm going to have to get back to you on, on that particular issue um, in, in terms of what our policy is and, uh, and the reason why, you know, why, do we have, why would we have that current policy stance. Thanks, Minister. Terry, we'll, we'll check and get back to you separately. So that wraps us up for today. Thanks, Minister. Thanks, Dr. Hinshaw, and we'll see you all next week.